Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 122. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. We all know to increase your odds of success, you need to increase your knowledge. With Audible.com, it's never been easier. Go to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable to get your free 30-day trial today and become unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chef Chris Hill. (laughs) How you doing, Chef? I'm doing great, man. How's it going? I am terrific. Are you feeling unstoppable today? Hell, I haven't been stopped so far. Let's go for it. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Atlanta native Chef Chris Hill is the proprietor and personality behind the brand's Bachelor Kitchen and his bistro, The Three-Way Cafe. When asked his mission in life, Hill states, My goal is to reach people on any number of levels. For me... I am lucky I get to do that through food and through writing stories. Things we can all relate to. A common ground of sorts. And, Chef, that's just a quick aerial view of who you are and what you're all about. Let me pass it over to you now to dive deeper. Starting with, how did you get started in the industry? Well, um, it's a good question. I think um, think we all have a different way of getting here. For me, it was... Kind of like a, a tug of war, I guess. I was, you know, in high school. Uh, I went to school. I understood we were going to go to college and probably go back and get get a, get a master's and whatever you wanted to, and then get a good job and you know start a family and do the whole time nine to five and, and what I call the picket fence life. And um, I kind of started going down that route and realized, you know, this isn't for me. I was, I was doing consulting work. I wasn't happy. I was mm. hating my job and and. Along the way, uh, through college, um, even after I uh, went to grad school, and I, along the way, I was working in restaurants. And in my spare time, I was instead of um, you know watching you know whatever TV was on you know, that six seven years ago, I was I was studying. I was reading books on cooking and, and really just learning all I could. And finally, just took a chance to leave the faith. And about seven years ago, I um, kind of jumped in. Um, Feet first, kind of cut the ropes, cut the ropes behind me, and uh, here I am today as a chef, as a restaurant owner, as somebody that loves what he does. So for me, I don't think there's one kind of certain instance, but rather a um, a, t- a type of war with myself, with my mind, with the trying to reconcile the fact that I really want to do this, I really want to be happy with my life, but at the same time, I want to let people in my life down and show them that this is what I was really passionate and, and wanted to move forward with. I love it, man. And um, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest, you're not my typical guest. And one of the reasons why I want to get you on the show so bad is because it's so clear that your passion is food and your passion is, you know, being able to connect with people and to provide happiness 
for people with food, but you found such a unique way to do it. And I think a lot of times people, they get into this industry, they open restaurants uh, because they think that's the only way to get started. And I think you found a very unique path to take to get into the industry with Bachelor Kitchen and, you know, through telling stories. And it's just really cool. And I, I wanted to make an example of you. Well, thank you, man. I mean, I, I think now more than ever, we have an opportunity to, to make things happen. Um, maybe we went to culinary school. Maybe we didn't. Maybe we've been working, you know, for a restaurant for a long time and we haven't. You know, whatever it is, now we can start creating a brand for ourselves, creating a story that allows our people to connect with us. And uh, that's, you know, kind of what I decided to do. Yeah, I mean, really what a restaurant does, it's it's or people who get in the restaurant industry, they all have that commonality that they they love food and they love making people happy but today with all the different mediums that exist i mean there's so many different ways you can do that and um i mean you you were able to kind of tap in to that frontal lobe of yours and to get creative and to find a way to do what you love and i kind of our stories are kind of similar like i was a commercial pilot and i got into aviation and i hated my life and i wasn't happy and i was two hundred thousand dollars in debt and i was like there's no way I can get into this industry now. I've created such a roadblock for myself, but then I just started thinking, getting creative. There's got to be a way I can talk to people uh, that are similarly passionate, you know, and, and I think you're doing that same thing. You're finding a unique way to get into the industry, and I think it's really inspiring. We can learn a lot from that. Absolutely, man. And, and you know, while we're still you know, somewhat young and undecided, you know, why not go for it? Why not give it a chance? Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but, but if you – you know, find yourself really loving it and wanting to, you know, dive deeper and making a life for it and, and go all in and figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah, man. Right on. So I feel like I know you a lot better now. I feel like the, the folks at home listening in know you. And we need to get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling. Not that it's not already rolling, but I want you to share, like, a success quote or a mantra that you apply to your everyday life. Oh, man. I, uh, I have... Hundreds. I mean, it's funny. I uh, growing up, my sister had this big quote book, mm-hmm. and I, I always tell her, "I was like, I want to be a quote maker." <laughs> <laughs> and I grab a book and I write quotes in there that I would just kind of come up with myself. I think there's one that would kind of stand out in my mind more than anything. That when I wake up to when I go to bed, it would be from I don't know if you know Eric Thomas, ET the hip hop preacher. He's awesome, man. Um, but he's got a uh, YouTube video out there. His message is, when you want to see these bags, you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Can you say that one more time for me, a little bit slower? Yes. Uh, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you will be successful. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you will be successful. Man, that is a good one. I love it. You, that The first time somebody uh, had a, a hip-hop reference on the show, too, which is great. Um, yeah, if you get a chance, check this guy out. Um, his name's Eric Thomas, and he, he's got a, an, an awesome YouTube page out there. He, he's got a bunch of motivational type stuff, but he put this one video out there with um, an example of, of of this athlete who's being trying to find a mentor and trying to figure out how it is he can succeed. And and long story short, there's all these short shortcuts do you think he can take to kind of get there faster? And in reality, he finally realizes when I want to see as bad as I want to wake up, as bad as I want to to be alive, then I'll be successful. I love it, man. Like, what does, like, how does that, like, 
really connect with you? Um, in a number of levels. I mean, I look back at my life when I made the plunge into restaurants, and and then when we opened up my restaurant as a business partner. But you know, like a lot of us, were hustling, and, and I was working at a, at a nightclub. Um, that my cousin I was managing that at night, so I was working. You know, fifteen, eighteen hours a day. You know, when you're grinding it out, when you're doing that or when you're on the line and you feel like you don't have any more after working a 15 hour shift, I kind of pulled this up and think, man, like you want to sit back, like keep going for it. Keep going for it. Like that's when you think it's time to give up. Like you have this. And uh, so for me, that's kind of what keeps me going. What kind of keeps me going when you know, things are, are feeling difficult. Like things are kind of, you stack against me. I love it, man. And what was kind of uh, unique to me, and what kind of really stood out to me with this quote is that breathing is a natural thing. So when you want to succeed to the point where it's just natural, you think up and you don't even have to think about it. It's just everything you do in your life is working towards that goal because it's it's so natural. Like that's all you can think of, and um, it, it's not work. It's just surviving, and it's just what you do. You breathe. You work towards that goal to be successful. And I think it's just a really uh, strong, powerful. Uh, quote thank you for sharing that i know i'm motivated so i need to find out what it is about chef chris hill that makes him so successful what are your habits your it factors well i would say kind of two overarching themes one of which hits back on the last point of being willing to do whatever it takes to 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 get to where i want to be uh knowing that it's going to take a lot of work and, and knowing that you have to put the time in and, and you know, whether people are sleeping or out drinking the bars or whatever else, like last night you and I are tweeting back and forth and, and on Facebook at one o'clock in the morning. Mm. Doing those things that, that aren't necessarily sexy or fun or that exciting, but the things that are going to help us get to the next level. So for me, it's going all in and, and knowing that this is my shot and I'm going to put everything I can into every single possible day. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say yeah. the secret to that is? What makes it possible for, for you to do whatever it takes, to show up every day and to drop every last piece of effort into this? I recently, earlier, well, I guess last year, I, I gave a TED Talk. I'm actually giving another one here in a, in a month or so, but gave a TED Talk on fulfillment and kind of how I transitioned from a job and a life that I really wasn't happy with, that I hated being at a desk all day to where I am today. And as I was talking to talk, I was I was trying to figure out what made my story unique, what made me, you know, worthy of, of staying on the stage and, and telling my story. And I realized that for me there's three things that kind of tied together that all had to kind of work in tandem to feel fulfillment in your life. And for me for me that was uh, connecting. So connecting with the work you do, whether it's you know, as a chef, I think it's a great example to connect with the people around us, connecting with the ingredients. You know, hopefully we use local or, or organic or fresh ingredients, but then also connecting with our customers. Mm-hmm. So connecting across the board with everything we do. Also communicating the work we, we want to do. You know, I absolutely hated being at desk all day. I was making PowerPoint presentations and Excel spreadsheets, and I wasn't communicating who I really was, who I was really wanted to be. So finding a way to communicate the work that we really want to do. And finally, it's adding value to the, to the world, to your life, to your outside, just yourself. Mm. That's helping people. That's 
mentoring that you see, see Chef Ryan Coast. It's doing work, hashtagging man on the weekend, do whatever it is. It's getting the world something that shows that you're not just saying for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, I try and take these three pillars of connecting, communicating, and adding value and applying to my life every single day. I see so much of all three of those in my work every single day that, that it's, it's almost hard not to. And mm-hmm. so it's been a couple of years now since I've been, been kind of taking this mantra, and, and it's been super successful for me. And I think anybody that works in a, a restaurant or that that's in any sort of industry can apply these to their life, to their career, and, and hopefully you know, get some get some fun out of it. Awesome. And I mean, that's a, that was a great explanation. And now I want you to take us on a story. I mean, you are a storyteller, which has me really excited. So can you tell us a story, bring us down to the moment where this if factor of being able and willing to do whatever it takes really shone through? I think in opening the restaurant, I was literally working 18 hours a day. I put all of my money into, into making it happen. Plus I was doing I just started my bachelor kitchen brand, so I was not making any money off the bachelor kitchen brand. As most restaurant owners know, starting out, like if you don't have much money for yourself, you're not making much money off that. So I was hustling at night to try and and, and make ends meet, to make you know make rent, to make job payments, all that kind of thing. It took all of this. It took knowing that I was doing something that I was passionate about, mm-hmm. knowing I was making a difference in people's lives, and, and knowing that I was really able to connect with the people and and the things around me. For me, I think that's probably the the moment I'm probably most proud of, I think, is, is being able to get through that first probably couple of years where I wasn't getting paid from the restaurant, I wasn't getting paid from the bachelor kitchen stuff, but knowing that it'll pay off in the end, knowing that I was doing something I was super passionate about mm-hmm. and that would you know, help me in the long run. Yeah, and you say doing whatever it takes. Can you think of, like, one it that was just like, whoa, I can't believe... I just did this. I, I was willing to do this uh, to get to my goal, to my dream. Can you think of one example? Well, actually, on Friday, I'm, I'm heading to South by Southwest to work an event for uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. And if you're not familiar with him, go check him out. He's a great uh, businessman, great uh, social media guy. Mitchell, I really respect. And, you know, I've been on his radar for a while, and I've hustled my ass off to try and Get on, get on his radar, be a part of everything he's doing, and in turn, he's giving me the opportunity to work for him uh, this weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm not making any money off of it, but I knew it'd be a good kind of PR move, a good mm-hmm. way to stay, stay in his corner. I really told myself you know, six months ago, do whatever it takes to to find a way to work with him because mm-hmm. when you can, when you show him, when you prove to him, you know how valuable you'll be and, and how you can make him look good it'll obviously work out in your favor. So if there's one kind of, if I was going to have kind of one thing that I can think of in recent past or, you know, kind of obviously this weekend, it'd probably be that. Yeah, man. And I mean, we can learn so much from that because it's the people that are willing to sacrifice to do whatever it takes to surround themselves with people like Gary Vanderchuk. If you guys don't know who he is, he is an extremely successful businessman. But when you surround yourself with these incredible people, you can learn so much and you rise to their level. And they say that you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. So, I mean, we can all learn from that story, Chris, and we can think about who's in our community, who's somebody we want want to be more like and go approach that person, do whatever it takes to get on their good graces. And then they will carry you up um, to their level. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and 
I know you read that Dear, Arc- that Dear Chefs article that I wrote. And then once you get there, then it's your kind of obligation, mm-hmm. and it's up to you to you know pass the baton on on to the next guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that that full circle is so important. When you start taking care of people and helping them get to where they want to go, uh, I mean, it, it all comes back to serve you in the long run. And we're learning so much, but now we got to find out. I mean. When was one time you failed? We can learn so much from the successes of others, but we really learn from those failures. So tell us about a time, Chef Chris Hill, where you just fell hard on your ass. How did you get back up, and what did you take away from this experience? Oh, man. Like, I think any, any successful person told you that they failed more times than they can count. And definitely failed more than they succeeded. One that really stands out in my mind that, that I've actually learned from, but... Two years ago, I had somebody offer me an opportunity to to be a partner with me in, in my bachelor kitchen brand. I talked through it with him, and, and we made some negotiations and figured it out. And long story short, we, we built a CA kitchen, so we're going to be filming every day. We we uh, created a, a magazine. Uh, his, his team worked on my website shortly after, not to get into too many details or anything, shortly after I kind of got screwed to this day, I haven't really reconciled uh, things with, with him, and he's kind of held on my, my content, um, kind of held captive from me. And you know, for, for a while, that was as tough as like, I put my heart and soul into this thing, and here I was trying to trust somebody that you work on something and built it with me together, and I made the wrong choice. Possibly um, learned from it uh, looking back, but there's a lot of those things, you know? Um, yeah. That, for me, is definitely hits home. So it sounds like uh, if I'm hearing the story correctly, uh, you had somebody approach you. They wanted to go uh, into a partnership with the Bachelor Kitchen, and the partnership just wasn't right. What wasn't right about the partnership? Like, what specific things like went wrong? Like, where weren't you paying close enough attention? If you could go back and do it over. Yeah, I think this could apply to to starting new restaurants as well. Um, I think partnerships work out a lot better when you have somebody that you know is already in your corner uh, going into things versus somebody approaching you from a distance and saying, hey, uh, I like what you're doing. Let's talk about things and see how I can help you. Mm-hmm. I think that was the point where I had I wasn't getting paid from the restaurant yet. I wasn't making money off the bachelor kitchen. I was actually paying money every month. Uh, <laughs> I know for, what that's like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, and I was like, you know, I won't make this thing happen. Here he is. He's, he's saying he can make me, you know, three, four thousand dollars off of advertising and other opportunities. Dollar signs start, start flashing. I'm like, oh, you know, this, this will be kind of my, not my great necessarily, but it'll be my side release. Like, okay, I'll get over the hump. Mm. And I'll be okay after this. More than anything, I think it was two different personalities that are, both passionate, but couldn't see eye to eye. Like he, he couldn't understand. He came from a a, a, cor- a corporate side. He came from a, a business building side. He couldn't understand the hey dude, I got to be in the restaurant from for six or eight hours a day, mm. and he wanted me to drop things, and and, and yeah, I wasn't able to. Yeah, I, I had made great you know high obligations with the restaurant and my team there, so it, it was probably more than anything. I think. Two heads they weren't able to agree on as much mm-hmm. as they thought would initially. Mm-hmm. I would say don't trust people, but that's not how I roll. You know, mm-hmm. I think you just live and learn. And 
and roll with it and find ways to try and make sure it doesn't happen again and and realize, hey, you know, not everybody's going to be who they want, who I want them to be. Not everybody's going to act who they want them to. And that's part of life. I have to deal with it and move on. Absolutely. And they say uh, there's no such thing as a failure as long as you're failing forward and taking away a life lesson. And if you could just say, like, in one sentence, what you think the forward was in this, what the life lesson was, what would it be? That's a good question because I think more than anything, I think it would probably just be to Take- keep trusting people. Mm. Even though I, 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 I can't, I couldn't trust him. And there's certain people along the way, like we've all been in restaurants and seen people that we can't trust to show up and, and to keep doing that, I think it keeps you a happy person. It, it makes you um, appreciate the people around you a lot more. And in hiring, I think it makes things a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if, if what I'm hearing, if I could use just one word, I would say stay buoyant, you know, buoyancy. Uh, and don't let the, the hiccups get you down, keep going, uh, rebound, and just, uh, you know, don't don't lose that faith in that overall goal. Yeah, absolutely. I love it, man. I don't know if you know who Seth Godin is, but he's a solid nothing guy. And he always talks about the guy who ends up winning is the guy who fails but doesn't fail too big. (laughs) Keep showing up every day and and don't screw it up too big and and you'll be fine. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it, man. Great, great stuff. Thank you for sharing both of those stories with us. Now we've reached the part of the show that I've called Knowledge Bombs because you're just going to blow us away with little bits and pieces of restaurant industry bombs of knowledge. You ready to do this? Yeah, man. Let's go. All right. The first question I have for you is what advice do you have for funding a restaurant? Um, I think it ties back in a little bit to what we just talked about. Um, I think it, I think it's important to really – know who you're getting involved with. I'm looking at the restaurant here in Atlanta uh, early summer, and I'm doing it with my brother and brother-in-law, which sounds great, and I'm, I'm excited. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to ruin a family partnership or, I mean, family relationship, you know, over a restaurant or something like that. So I think knowing the people that you're getting in the business with, you're spending a lot of time together, you know, whether it's, there in personal time or not, it's in the trenches, and, and it's, it's finding a way to make things work, putting your personalities aside. And aside from that, I think building kind of going up to building a personal brand to where you're an attractive you know, offer for people. You know, I'm at a point in my career now where I've been able to leverage things like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and medium where I'm writing and telling stories and doing TV shows and kind of all the Southeast and you're using those mediums to build a brand and say, hey, this guy's worth getting a business with because of, of X. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you definitely bring a lot to the table. I get that. So, awesome. Uh, the next question I have for you, Chef Chris, is what advice do you, you have for hiring good people? Oh, man, I'm a, one of those old souls, man. I, uh, <laughs> I like to be good in people. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to say that it's better to hire people out of culinary school or it's better to hire people that have kind of learned for themselves. I've, I've done both. But I think it's important to find people that fit your, your culture, that you have a restaurant or you're building a restaurant and you know kind of what you're looking for with your style, with the people that you're working with, their style. How can this person fit into what we're trying to do? Mm. And once you do hire them, given every opportunity to succeed, 
and be able to help them leverage you know, what they're trying to do. I, I think the first thing you have to do is show that, hey, we want you to be here because we want you to succeed and kind of help them out first. And in turn, they're willing to work their ass off for you. Absolutely. And I mean, you said, uh, you know, you want to make sure they fit your filter and that they will, you know, kind of go with your culture. I mean, how important do you think it is to be clear on what your filter is and to, to map out those uh, visions and missions and what you're all about? That's, um, that's a good question. That's a solid question. I think it's probably one of the things that we're here as people and also as businesses probably force that. And that would be, I think, self-recognition, knowing kind of who we are, and and then communicating that to the people around us. I think so many people either are assholes and over the top, or like in the moment, or they are trying not to get anybody upset and, and kind of just keep away from the confrontation. Mm-hmm. And I think somewhere in in between the two, where you have to you have to give. The people that you're hiring uh, that work for you, they have to know why they're why they're there. They mm-hmm. have to believe in what you're doing, and when you hire them, I think they need to know what what your goals are. If it's and, and know what they want to get out of working for you. Mm-hmm. If they are looking to be a superstar chef and work for you for two years and then move on to do their own thing, great. Um, maybe they don't want to do their own thing. Maybe they want to have stable hours and the stable pay and 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 just kind of grinding out for five or ten years. You know, whatever it is, I think it's important to to communicate that um, both ways. Yeah, and uh, I just like want. I would like to add. I had uh, Nick Cirillo on the show. I think he was episode ninety nine, and uh, he wrote a book. Um, I'm trying to. Th- I think it's Nick's place. Uh, crap. Where is his book? Hold on a second. I gotta. I gotta make sure I get it right. Oh, hold on. I gotta take my earbuds out. I'll be right back. Yeah. Man. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that, Chris. <laughs> All right, so yeah, Nick Cirillo, he wrote the book uh, A Slice of the Pie, and he is uh, owner of one of the most successful independently owned pizza places. I think it's like the t- one of the top like five indie restaurant uh, pizza places, in, but it's in Chicago. And he talks a little bit about this, and um, he says, you have to listen to that episode, because he really he talks about the importance of writing down these things and making sure that... Uh, these these your culture your mission your vision of who you are is clearly spelled out so the people who are you know being interviewed with you can see what you're all about and there's no question and I think you're, you're dead on yeah man you're dead on with uh, just adding that that piece of information because uh, you need to make sure people know who you are and I think that's great advice yeah. and it's, it's not really fair for either party if, if you if you don't can you get that because a you're hiring somebody to fill fill something that they're not really sure that they're looking to get into. Mm-hmm. And then you're wasting your money by hiring somebody and training them to, you know, not look out in the long run. Yeah, man. And uh, you kind of already touched on this, but when you find these good people, what's your advice for keeping them? To go back to Gary Vaynerchuk, he, he talks about with every relationship and business that he has, he wants to give 51%. And his motto, motto is, if I give fifty one percent, I'm still getting forty nine in return, mm-hmm. which is still a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. But if I'm getting fifty one, then I have leverage down the way. Mm-hmm. When somebody's sick and I need an extra body, I can call in somebody and they'll feel like they want to work. Mm-hmm. Okay, but how do I get that fifty one percent? You know, and and I think that's 
what people also struggle with. And, and I think it's really more anything just being genuine and, and honest and, and being a, what, what people call a good boss. It's looking out for their employees and putting them first. Mm. You know, for not that I'm the best boss ever, but, you know, for, for you know, three or four years to make a restaurant successful, you know, I, I wasn't getting paid a dime. And I was making sure my employees were getting paid and I was, we would take them out for a drink, serving out and, and tr- just trying to do things that would make people feel like they're a part of what you're doing and that, that you appreciate and, and want them around. Mm-hmm. And what I think I'm hearing um, from you is, you know, you got to tell yourself, you're not here to work for me. You're here so I can work for you. Exactly. Yeah. What can I do to help your career move in the right direction? Mm-hmm. And as long as you're here, I'm happy to help make that go for you. You know? Awesome, man. I love it. Awesome, incredible advice. So the next question I have for you, Chef Hill, what is your favorite restaurant resource? I mean, there's so many incredible books out there, and I can tell that you're somebody who invests a lot in themselves with knowledge, with reading. So if you could like recommend one restaurant book, or maybe it's a personal growth book that somebody in this industry just has to read, what would it be? Oh, man. As you just guessed, I have, I have a, a library full <laughs> Um, I want to give you a couple that people out there can really benefit. Strictly from the restaurant standpoint, if you've never read uh, Danny Meyer's Setting the Table, you know, the founder of Union Square Hospitality Group, you know, which they uh, own a bunch of restaurants in New York and, and Shake Shack, um, he gives a great account of what it takes to win the restaurant industry and in business, and it really kind of goes back to to the hospitality, not just to the customers, but to the people around us. Um, I was going to check that out. Um, in terms of a chef resource, I'm a huge fan of of Aaron, uh, Andrew Page and, and uh, Karen Page and Andrew Dornberg's uh, The Flavor Bible and also um, – they actually and, the, the authors of the Flavor Bible. They actually uh, yeah. just came out with a new book too. I don't know if you know this. It's the it's the Vegetarian Flavor Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's also they have the um, well, just uh, it just escaped me. But um, those two are great. And then I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Rollman. He's got some amazing uh, memoir type books out there. The Making of a Chef, The Soul of a Chef, mm. and another great charcuterie book and things like that. Yeah, um, I just recently finished The Soul of the Chef, and man, uh, that book, uh, I mean, it just really resonated with me, because he starts talking about what it is, you know, the soul, and that's, uh, I started asking the question, you know, what is your it factor, and then I read that book, and it just, man, like, so much of what I'm learning from incredible people like you just kind of came out through that book, it's an incredible read, and the audio version is really good, too. Uh, I'll I'll check it out for sure, I'll. I got a, a ten hour drive to Austin here in a couple of days. <laughs> what was your uh, favorite part of that book, The Soul of the Chef? I'm a huge Thomas Keller fan. So when he's uh that's the one where he talks about um Keller and Michael Simon and all that, right? It's Brian Poland, Michael Simon and Thomas Keller and that oh. kind of just really dives into like what makes these people successful. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I guess I guess I was confused with the Making of Chef, which is his journey through the Color Institute of America. Okay. Check that one out too. It's awesome. I have not um, read that. I'll have to. I was getting too confused, but but I'm a huge Thomas Keller fan, and going through that whole story with him, 
we kind of seen again, like we all go through adversities, we all have challenges and setbacks, and not straying from the mission and you know staying focused on what you want to do and and believing yourself and knowing that what I have to offer people are going to appreciate and, mm. and as a result we had the first laundry you know the probably most acclaimed restaurant aside from maybe El Bulli mm. you know, in, in the world yeah, I mean, um, Thomas Keller is definitely something to learn from. If you want to tap into the mind of Thomas Keller and think like he thinks, pick up those two books by Michael Rollman. Uh, really gives you some incredible insight to what makes Thomas Keller successful. So thank you for sharing those references. Awesome books. Um, the next question I have for you, and I'm excited for this one because you have a master's in marketing. So what is your best marketing advice for somebody in the restaurant industry? If you're not part of the conversation outside of your restaurant, then you're doing a poor job. What do you mean by that? Meaning, if you're not on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, communicating with the people out there that are your customers, are your potential customers, then you're missing a huge opportunity. And I I get the old school folks that are chefs that are six years old and they're looking to retire soon and aren't looking to make that jump but for any of us that have 20 or 30 years left mm-hmm. in this game, if we're not out there building our brand you know, with, with every opportunity we have, then I think there's a huge opportunity that's being lost. Mm-hmm. Whether we're a part of it or not, the conversation's out there. So you might as well try and make yourself a part of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, can you speak a little bit to not just what you're doing on the social platforms, but when you say getting joining the conversation in real world with face-to-face – what do you think about that? Absolutely. Um, hell, I mean, it's, it's, I'll take I'll take face to face any day of the week. Yeah. Um, over anything else, you know, if I if I know who my customer is and they're in my restaurant, that's that's my kind of gold mine to mm-hmm. go up and, and say, hey, thank you for coming. I you know, we appreciate you being here mm-hmm. and and making sure that they have a the best option possible opportunity um, experience at the restaurant. Yeah, and the reason why I ask Chef Hill, because I think a lot of people, they struggle with what to do with social media. They don't know how to do social media, but the thing is all you're doing is doing what you do every day, and then you just show, you just use social media, and it takes a lot of self-control. I'm not good at this. Like, I I always miss opportunities to bring people on the outside into what I'm doing, the people I'm meeting, the conversations I'm having, but you just do what you do normally, and you just open the windows using these these mediums to show people uh, who you are and what you're all about and what makes your restaurant and yourself special. Exactly. I I think so many people got kind of burnt out in the early days of Facebook where if any of us in the industry mm-hmm. are on there, we, we've seen our friends that are bartenders or, and, they'll, and they'll post, hey, come back for happy hour. This is a special blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's pushing content out versus using those mediums to tell a story. Mm. You know, to give people, people don't need a reason to buy you know, a two dollar beer, they can go buy a, a six pack for for six bucks or eight bucks. Mm-hmm. They need a reason to connect with a restaurant that they want to go out and try that they never tried before. Mm-hmm. And how and how how you get them in the door and how do you get them how do you get yourself in a position where they become a potential customer. Yeah, maybe it's it's being a badass chef and working your way up and, and 
and creating your reputation that way. And I absolutely agree with that that's something you have to do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of the core and staple of what we do as chefs. Mm-hmm. But, but in addition to that, kind of along the way, how can I show people you know, who I am as, as a chef, as a restaurant owner, as a, as a manager, whatever, as, as somebody that's in this industry um, to make people happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Awesome. Great advice. And we're kind of talking about it with social media technology, but let's dive a little bit more into technology. And with all these you know, improvements in technology and how technology has been evolving, there's so many numerous ways we can leverage some of these resources, some of these technolog- technological resources to be more productive, to be more proficient, and to be more profitable. Are there any front of house or back of house resources or maybe uh, some resources as an entrepreneur that you're leveraging in your everyday life that you'd like to share with us and that you'd put your sale, seal of approval on? Um, if, if there's one of my biggest flaws, it would be my, I'm kind of all over the place with my hands doing different things and, and needing to kind of tightly package everything to where I can, and, can be more effective and efficient on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any sort of organizational or, or, or time management um, app out there um, is right up my alley, and, and I'm, I'm all ears. I, um, I've been using uh, Google Inbox to help kind of sort through my email. It, it's a really awesome filter for, for that. But um, And then I use things like Evernote to, to – keep track of my my brain <laughs> and you, then, do you by yeah. chance have you heard of uh the secret weapon uh, no oh man i had uh ryan turner on the show yesterday and he talked about the secret weapon which you use in conjunction with evernote and it kind of teaches you how to leverage evernote to its fullest capability and um i'll send you that if you are interested sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i just got I'm really excited <laughs> yeah i'm absolutely interested um yeah, anything, anything um, that can help make our lives easier. I think there's so many, we have so many things kind of going on that we think of that we're running around doing that anything that makes things easier, absolutely, man. So you, you mentioned Google, what was it, Google Docs? It's a, it's a Google Inbox. Okay, Google Inbox and yeah. uh, Evernote. Is there anything else you wanted to share with us? Um, yeah, I, I wish there was. Uh, <laughs> And if there's any users out there that want to hit me up on Facebook or anything and share uh, useful tools they have, I am I'm all ears. Um, I, I need to be better about scheduling and about about prioritizing certain things for sure. Cool. Well, I think the half the battle is recognizing that you could be better, and you got that done. So uh, I'm I'll I mean I think we all could be. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Man, we can learn a lot from that. So, all right, cool. Thank you for sharing those resources with us. Um, and we have reached the part of the interview where you just, if you could, like, go back in time and give yourself one piece of business advice, maybe when you are you made the decision to get out of your, your previous career and you decided, like, you made the commitment that you're going to commit yourself to a career in hospitality, in the food and beverage, what one piece of advice could you give yourself if you could go back in time? I would give myself the same thing that I would give anyone that is, deciding to go all in um, at whatever age, whether they're you know, finishing high school or finishing college school or, or somewhere along the way. But 
looking at where I was and try to have self-awareness and realize there's no reason not to go completely all in, like, from the start. Mm -hmm. I think there's a part of me that was kind of resting, kind of holding back a little bit. And I would have told myself just to go for it. And, mm -hmm. and, and to know that, like, every single day that goes by, like, like now I, I make it a, a priority to try something new in the kitchen every single day. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's something small. Maybe that's, that's uh, finding a, 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 a small variation of recipe, or maybe it's, um, you know, working on my skills in a certain way, whatever it is. Finding one small thing to do every single day. Mm -hmm. And if I do that at the end of the year, that's a hell of a lot of new things I've tried. And then after, you know, five or ten years, you know, how, how many new skills have I developed over the course of my career? Mm. I would use, I would tell myself to do that, to know, hey, this is what, you, this is what you're signing up for. You get, you get one shot at this thing called life, you know, and there's no reason not to, to, Show up every day trying to, to do your best. Mm. I love it, man. And I, I, that's one of the, the the many of the if factors that are mentioned in the show is this constant improvement, always learning. And that's what I'm hearing from you is, you know, always, always be looking to improve and the, to learn something new every day and just to pull the trigger. And I, one of my favorite sayings is ready, fire, aim. <laughs> you just, you know, yeah. you're, you're not going to be the best, but you got to pull that trigger. And then as you, you know, as you, do these things you will get better and then you can start to you know get a little more focus and get that aim down but yeah you get like you said you just got to start and go all in yeah and and i think it's recognizing that you know, i don't have to be perfect and and if we've ever had a, a sushi chef or somebody looks for us we know that they're not perfect either and and it's it, you know part of the battle part of the excitement and climb and and joy of the climb for me is is going from a certain place or seeing somebody go from a certain place and getting somewhere else. Mm. And, and so iterations along the way that make it all worthwhile. Yeah. And, you know, we learned from Chef, you mentioned Chef Thomas Keller, and he talks about this. Per perfection is relative because if you're, if you're always searching for perfection, when you get to perfection, you're going to try to do it even better. And perfection yeah. is just a, st a standard you're shooting for. So if you're always improving, you know, I think the, the goal is just to be better than yourself than you were the day before. And yeah, yeah man. Uh, awesome. Yeah. And, 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 um, just to kind of touch back on that. It, yeah. It was perfection or success. If it's, if it's relative to achieving a Michelin star or, or relevant to creating whatever, if it's, if it's, if it's relative to certain things that we think are important in terms of our career, then we'll never feel successful because that bar will always be changing. Mm -hmm. But if we find enjoyment in what we do every single day and knowing that we're moving towards something special, that yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think one of the times I was, my favorite quotes from him also is, I'd rather have desire over passion because passion fades, but desire is unwavering and is always there. Mm. I love it, dude. You've been incredible, and I've asked all the questions I have for you. Uh, is there any question you think I could have asked that would have made this interview more impactful? Uh, there's one that, um, one kind of idea that I don't know how you really ask this, but I'd love to hear kind of some thoughts and perspectives from some other guests or future guests, but 
I didn't even have to really reconcile with myself. And, and I'm actually currently writing another book um, called Beyond the Line, which is the life of a, a cook, life of a chef, life of a restaurant person outside the kitchen. You know, how I make not just it's but all the stuff that, that doesn't have to do with cooking mm-hmm. and making a, a you know, successful life for yourself. And I think one of the biggest challenges I've found, and I think you've probably seen and, and read about, is reconciling a, a, a demanding physical career with loved ones, with family, with, with friends, with trying to balance those relationships. And, and I'd just be curious to kind of hear what some people have to say about 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 that. So, if you could, uh, what what would the question be and then answer it? Tie back into, like you said, you surround yourself with the five people that you kind of become, right? Yeah. Well, we don't always have that luxury. You know, our parents or siblings or maybe we're already married to somebody and, and they get frustrated with, yeah. with where we are in our career. We can't be there for Christmas Eve dinner because... We, we have to do 200 covers on on that night or whatever it is. Finding ways to, I guess, surround ourselves with the people and also leverage those relationships to show that, hey, we're trying to do something special for ourselves that's important to us, that means a lot to us, and we want you to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So how how do you do that? Um, I mean, for me, I mean, this is something I shared with my girlfriend before, Um with wanting her wanting me to be able to go on certain trips or be able to plan certain things, you know, so far out in advance. And I'm not quite sure because of potential caterings or potential opportunities that might come up and having frustration come on that end. And I think communication is key. I think um, showing up every day and showing them who you truly are. And if, if they can't see that, that you're really doing your best you can to create a career and a life that you think will help benefit them in the long run, then, then I think that's hard to deal with. Mm. Awesome, man. Uh, you've been an incredible guest and, uh, we're going to wrap it up and I have everybody wrap it up by calling out one indie restaurant professional they admire and believe would be a great guest mentor on the show. Uh, so who do you have for us? Um, I have a, I like to refer to um, Chef Andrew Grell. Um, he's out of California. He owns a Slatfish restaurant, which uh, started as a, as a kind of um, upscale seafood shack, I, I actually call it. And they started not too long ago, three, four years ago, and now have, uh, they've started expanding and they have a location in Dubai. They have, three or four in California, and I think he'd be a cool guest. He's a fun guy. He's got great energy, and and um, seeing kind of how he scaled um, what was a small seafood shack in the time is pretty, pretty cool. Awesome, man. Andrew, look up, man. I'm coming after you, and Chef Hill, how can the folks at home connect with you if they want to learn more about what you're all about, to dive deeper into some of the conversations we had today, or maybe just to come work for you out in Virginia? How can we connect? Uh, well, I'm a uh, yeah. I'm all over social media. Um, I'm, I answer every single email that comes to my inbox. So shoot me an email at chris at bachelorkitchen.com. 
Um, I'm happy to, to connect with any of you guys out there and answer questions. Like I said, I'm open up a restaurant in Atlanta here in the early summer of 2015. So um, if any of you guys are, are looking or are in the area, I'd love to chat with you. Um, on Facebook, um, backslash Bachelor Kitchen, same thing with Instagram, and then on Twitter, uh, backslash B-A-C-H Kitchen. So awesome. um, I'm everywhere, man. And if you guys are struggling to find a pen, don't worry about it. Just head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash Chris Hill, and you'll find links to how to connect with Chris, to the products and services we talked about, and to all the books that were mentioned in today's episode. Chris, man, you were so incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time and energy to be a guest on the show. There's no questioning you are unstoppable. Thank you, man, but I had a great time. Boom! Another great episode in the bag. Thank you so much to our amazing guest today. If you guys enjoyed this episode and you want more episodes just like it, don't be afraid to connect with me. Shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com, and I will do everything humanly possible to go after those people you think would make great mentors here on the show. Also, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash books and slash tools to find recaps of all the books and tools are unstoppable guests use day to day. It's my way of trying to provide more value for you guys at home. So if you want one place to go to uh, see what people are reading, uh, what these successful people are using in, in their kitchens, in their personal life, what tools they are leveraging, again, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash books and www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash tools. You can see everything right there. Thank you guys, like always, for coming out, listening to the show, and learning from these incredible guests. Together, we can become unstoppable. Until next time, peace out.